Terry and I are taking a brief break to conduct interviews for season seven and to secure more funding. Please enjoy this episode from our archives. And we'll be back in mid-November. Yes. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast tries to shine some light into that darkness. We're not experts and we're not therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and who are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. Season three of this podcast is sponsored by the Charles E. Kubley Foundation, which supports efforts to reduce the stigma of mental illness. We are solely responsible for podcast content. Hi, Terry. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) I always think of it as holidays as an H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. Absolutely. I'm in a daze. If you've read um, any newspaper, any magazine, or turned on the television in the last month, uh, odds are pretty good that you've seen a story about depression in the holidays. One upside to all of this is that people are actually talking about it and acknowledging that depression is, I don't know, what would you say, Terry, Um, more challenging this time of year? Yeah, with all the additional stresses, it certainly can be. Yeah, I think it's about expectations and, you know having to do more when you don't already want to be doing very much. (laughs) Right. And that's social, that's financial. That means, you know, any family issue can be intensified. You know, if you're going to try to entertain or decorate and you're thinking Norman Rockwell and Martha Stewart, you know, that's a pretty high bar and you can feel inadequate, you know. So having depression doesn't help one little bit. And one line I read from a therapist said, when one of the expectations of the holidays is to be happy, there's a 100% chance of failure for a person with depression. And we reached out to that very therapist, whose name is Dr. Anita Sands. And she's a psychologist with more than 25 years experience. We didn't want to do an audio version of the three reasons why this time of year might be difficult or the five ways that you can beat the holiday blues. <laughs> We've heard it, yeah. Right, because um, we figure if that's what you wanted, it's you know everywhere. You've already got it. So we were looking for something helpful and worthwhile and a little different, and we definitely found it. think that there's a whole lot of stigma that still haunts people who aren't able to get into the holiday spirit, who aren't happy and merry and celebrating. And and again, sort of using that lens of compassion, try to understand why would it be difficult for someone to feel the joy and the peace and the love that is supposed to be available at the holidays? You know, what's blocking that? What is going on? Is it grief? Is it pain? Is it suffering? Is it some of the symptoms of depression that make it impossible to feel pleasure or happiness? Is it the lack of energy so that getting out is just so overstimulating, it's exhausting? You know, trying to understand things from the perspective of the person who's going through that. And I don't think we do that very often. We could also have called this episode, You Know Your Mother's a Therapist, when because Anita was watching her daughter in a production of the show when all this occurred to her. 
I think it was the very first time that I really started to try to understand Scrooge as a human being and not as a as a character or a caricature and and try to understand the motivations behind uh, again why why would he be so self-absorbed why was he unable at least at this you know point in time in his life to understand you know where other people were coming from and to join in in the celebration of the holidays and I just really never looked at it from that standpoint before but you know certainly my training as a therapist and psychologist is all about trying to understand the, the motivations of people and to understand their personal histories and I don't know why the light bulb just never had gone off before I'll never think of Scrooge the same way you know So with Scrooge, it may have been primarily grief that blocked his ability to connect with and enjoy life in the holidays. For many of us, it's depression or other invisible illnesses that can make us feel like we're looking through a window at people who seem to be experiencing actual holiday joy. Oh, we're there, but not connected, if that makes any sense. It's all of these crazy, unrealistic expectations, which people who aren't uh, dealing with diagnosable mental or medical health issues already are feeling, you know, incredibly stressed and overwhelmed about. And then if you're dealing with those on top of it, it's just sometimes too much to manage. And so then if you see irritability, if you see people withdrawing, if you see people unable to or unwanting to join in, to me, that just makes sense. That's energy conservation or that's, you know, that's maybe not even wanting to feel like you're putting a damper on other people's, you know, ability to celebrate. So Anita says people often do one of two things. Either they will just absolutely refuse to join in 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 parties or family events or other type of holiday celebrations because they feel like I don't have what it takes to be a, a fun or a good part of this. And I also know people who, because their depression are inconsistent, so they have good days and they have bad days, but they can't predict, you know, when that's going to be. And so you have a holiday party invite that might not be for a week or two and and the person will decline them because they don't they can't predict. They don't know where they will be at that day or that at that time. And here's where what I'm calling Dr. Sanz's holiday gift comes in. This is a golden nugget of advice for anyone who has a friend or family member struggling with depression this time of year. And it's also a great suggestion for those of us who are to make to our friends and relatives a sort of, hey, to be really cool if sort of thing. One of the best and kindest things you can do at this time is to offer the out which is to say you don't have to say yes or no. You can show if it's a good day. If it's not, you don't have to. You won't be disappointing anyone. I've heard from many of my clients with depression say it's one of the best things in the world because it's a very low stress way then of, of either being able to show up if at the last minute they feel they can make it, but then they also don't feel like they're letting anyone down if they don't. And they don't have to do that early decline Um, and then realize that they actually could have made it, but they already declined. That is such a great idea, Anita. And as someone who would really appreciate and benefit from that sensitivity, I'd also love it if someone said to me, hey, remember, we have a guest room if you ever want to disappear for 20 minutes and rejoin the party. Yes, or, you know, just anything, any any level of compassion or understanding that you might need to leave early, you might might need to leave without saying goodbye, just something that, that lets you know that, your presence in in any way, shape, or form is desired, and that there isn't an expectation on how you how you are, how long you're there, and how you manage that. And that, to me, would be quite a gift that you could give to somebody with depression. 
We hope you got that because we think it's huge. Say to your friend or family member who may be having a hard time, hey, you don't have to answer right now, but you're invited. You feel like coming? You're welcome. You can't make it? No judgment. Just know that we love you and would love to have you there in whatever way works for you. Seriously, it gives me goosebumps. This is all I want for Christmas stuff right there. I have heard that that makes a world of difference and and it will allow someone with depression to actually consider, you know, being social, attending an event, whether it's with friends or family. Um, And that can be so helpful at this time of year to feel like I can be a part of something. I can celebrate a little bit. It feels good to be around people, but to also know that if you get overstimulated, you can back out and it's and it's okay. It's it's not going to be a problem. Okay, so now we shift our attention to how we can offer that same understanding and compassion to ourselves. Anita preaches the basic four, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and some form of stress management to everyone. But she says for anyone struggling with chronic mental or medical health issues during the holidays, they're non-negotiable. In terms of of self-care, your ability to attempt to get the best rest that you can, which again, probably feels like an unrealistic expectation with depression sometimes for, for those who struggle with insomnia, to really try to improve your nutrition um, get some exercise and, and even though it's winter and everyone wants to hibernate anyone, anyway, I try to say get outdoors, get a walk, try to be in the sunlight, even if you don't feel like moving, at least for a little bit of time every day if you can. And then build something into your day that feels like it's loving towards you. It reduces your stress. It uh, provides a little bit of happiness if you can feel it. If you if you can't, that's okay. You still need to do something that is loving and caring towards yourself. And Anita says that self-care doesn't have to be some expensive or time-consuming day at the spa. It can be a cup of tea or hot cocoa next to your pet under a blanket with some inspirational reading material. One of the possible good parts of the holiday season is that beneath all of this is supposed to be the celebration of love and hope and goodwill in the world. So just taking a moment to try to get in touch with that, I think is a really wonderful energizer or battery recharger for someone with depression. And it doesn't cost anything. It just takes a little bit of the time to remember to slow down and expose yourself to, to that. And um, and I think that's a really important thing to do, I think, on a daily basis, but definitely when things get get really, really rushed and, and stressful. As for the holidays themselves, Anita reminds you are in charge of how you celebrate. You have choices, even if you've never exercised them before. What do you feel like you have to do or what do you feel like you should do? Is that what you really like? You know, do you enjoy it? Does it does it feed you? Does it nurture you? Does it make you feel better? Does it just exhaust you? Does it make you feel inadequate? Does it break your budget? And we can narrow down sometimes, like you're saying, to the essence. What does this season mean to you? What is the meaning of Christmas or what is the meaning of Hanukkah to you? And and then look at, well, what do you want to do as far as any kind of uh, holiday celebration that sort of honors that meaning. And again, you do not have to do anything because you think it's expected or it's always been done or everybody else is doing it or that's what the 
you know, TV shows and the movies are showing, show me where it's carved in stone that the cookies have to be baked and they have to be hand decorated. And if you love that, if that is, is so meaningful to you and it really would not be the holidays without doing that, then that's on your, I really want to do this, you know, if can list. But if that really is not important to you, then, then why? Why are you spending the time again? What, why? <laughs> it, it really doesn't have to be done. You can figure out for yourself and for your family what is healthy and what feels right to you and, and navigate that. It doesn't mean that, you know, there won't be a little bit of choppiness sometimes if you're changing traditions or you take a stand and say, well, you know, we're, we're not going to travel all the way across the country to spend, you know, a day or two with people that, you know, it, we just don't really want to. But the payoff for being willing to really search yourself and figure out whether doing certain things with family is really healthy for you can be good. It can be good. So it's not about rejecting family or tradition. It's about making choices for your physical and mental health. And if it is too late for this year, give it some serious consideration for all the holidays coming in the new year. And of course, I advise doing less, even though at this time of year, it feels like the demands increase because they do. But I think less is more and and going for quality over quantity, whether that's with gifts, whether that's with parties, (laughs) whether that's with um, anything, shoot for the middle. Um, So don't try to get real perfectionistic and try to do it all and don't get into this, you know, that very rigid all or nothing. I either have to do all of it or do it this way or it doesn't matter or it doesn't count. And yet getting it down to the bare bones, uh, I think, allows you to then just really soak up and enjoy those essentials that, again, feed you, nurture you, um, leave you hopefully inspired and refreshed instead of exhausted and wondering, you know, why did I do all of that and how am I going to recover from this? And how am I going to pay for all this when the eggnog wears off and the bills start pouring in? Oh my gosh, which is why, yes, you know, therapist's offices are packed in November and December, but also in January and February because of the stress of the financial fallout. Regardless of what other people are capable of doing, we're looking to take care of you and get through that season without being exhausted and without being any more tired and dealing with any depressive symptoms than you already are. I love what she says. I do too. We're looking to take care of you. I was like, yes, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. And just that idea of being able to give ourselves, um, she said choices. I often use the word permission, mm-hmm. you know, even though we've never maybe done it before, you know, we can, those are choices that we can make. We can. And we both are this year, which is interesting because we made them independent of speaking with Dr. Anita. And honestly speaking with each other about it. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it simple around our house for sure. But I'm also noticing that underneath the relief of kind of letting those expectations go away, there's a little bit of anxiety that like Christmas is going to fall flat. So that's interesting. And there's another piece that I'm fascinated by that I sort of... Um, Gave myself permission to do very little. And as a result of bringing that threshold down, I'm actually finding myself sort of stepping up and inviting people over for a drink to sit under the tree or, you know, it's not going to be a full. Because you have time to. I would. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's more of a, you know, something internal, some some pressure is is relieved. Oh, interesting. So there's like an internal space more than calendar space or time. 
Interesting. I have made Christmas just Thanksgiving part two. I've done it years ago. I just said I like Thanksgiving because it's everything that's good about a holiday with good food and, you know, the focus seems to be in the right place. And Christmas for me, just it wasn't in the right place. The whole gift thing, all the decorations, all of it just wasn't working anymore. So we pretty much have Thanksgiving again and, um, you know, may or may not be a couple of presents, but that certainly is not the focus. And it's just me and my kids and I, I actually love it. I look forward to it. Absolutely. And when I do buy the presents, I'm going to do it after Christmas so we get more for our money. And I'm going to use smileamazon.com to give a little bit of that money back to giving voice to mental illness. That is awesome. And you're going to buy me things then, right? Kind of. One of the decisions I made, Terry, is I'm not (laughs) doing the sister's presents anymore. No, I agree with that. Take the S off sisters and just make it sister. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Bridget. Bye, Jerry. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I hope everyone listening and everyone who's been a part of this amazing journey in our first year has a wonderful holiday or a restful holiday or a restorative holiday, whatever they're looking for. Yes. And that in the new year, they have um, mental health. And we'll be back the first Tuesday of January with a new edition. We are going to uh, take off one week to not make a big deal out of the holidays. We will still be posting daily on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page, though, so you can catch up with us there. We hope that our podcasts bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com as well as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.